Hi, it's Susanna, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I'm also sitting in today for D. May Roberts for Stage and Studio. And before we go, I'm going to give a personal shout-out for a play that her nonprofit, Media Rights, and her theater, Diaspora, program is co-producing with Coho. It's just in time for Halloween. It's The Brothers Paranormal by Prince Gomovilas. It's about two Thai-American brothers who start a ghost-hunting business, and their first clients are an African-American couple who swear they are being haunted by a Thai girl ghost. It's funny and a little scary, and it brings up issues of grief, loss, and displacement in cultural communities. The show runs October 25 through November 16th at Coho Productions. That's located at 2257 Northwest Raleigh Street in Portland. More info at cohoproductions.org. I couldn't have talked to John Waters today without Jenna and Dimei, so thanks for your help, and thanks, Kebu. I'm ready. Cool. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I am absolutely thrilled to be talking to John Waters today. Mr. Waters has written and directed 16 movies and authored nine books, including the recently released Mr. Know-It-All, The Tarnished Wisdom of a Fifth Elder. And he's going to be appearing at the Aladdin Theater on Saturday, December 1st, here in Portland, performing his show, A John Waters Christmas. I thank you so much for talking to me today. Sure. It's, you said fifth elder. It's filth elder. Did the press release have it wrong? It's filth, F-I-L-T-H. I think I misread it. It's Mr. Know-It-All, the tarnished wisdom of a filth elder. I don't know what a fourth elder would even mean, I guess, beyond a junior. And a... I don't either. I'm sorry about that. I'm glad you got it. It makes much more sense. I still appreciate you talking to me today, and I'm really looking forward to you coming to Portland. And have you been here before? Oh, my God, I've done my Christmas show so many years that I do it every year there. That's why I rewrite it every year, so I have all new material. That's so amazing. Now, when you visit Portland, what's your favorite thing to do here? Do you have some favorite things? I should go to this great little bookshop that was vintage porn and weird books, but it's gone. Still, I still go to the other bookshops, so you got to go. But when I'm on tour, to be honest, I'm in 17 cities in 21 days. I get there. I take a nap. I do the show, I do the meet and greet, I do the book signing, and I get up usually at 4 a.m. to go to the next city. So it's not exactly like I do get to sightsee on the middle of a tour like this. I don't get to meet my fans who always come and they always get their hair done, they wear a great outfit, and uh, so I get to stay in touch with my fans every year in Portland when I come see them at Christmas. I was wondering, when you first meet somebody, what is it that you want to know about them? Well, I just like to see how they look because I, I'm always amazed that that I uh, my age group can be. Some of the people weren't even born when I made my last movie, which is always really impressive to me. <laughs> people might have seen my earliest movie, so I get all ages. I get all I get all sexual persuasions, and uh, so I'm, I like that it's mixed. It's not enough racially mixed. I, I know there's a book out called What White People Like to Do, and maybe I should be in that. See, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, uh, Maria Popova has this really cool blog called Brain Pickings that I love, and uh, she was talking about Patti Smith talking about writers and artists who magnify her spirit, and I wonder who, what magnifies yours? Well, that's a talking about spirituality is not exactly up my alley. I mean, I love Patti Smith. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't feel that spiritual that often. I feel scientific, and, and I feel... Uh, well-adjusted, and I feel the humor is how we change people's opinion. Mm. To 
me, when I feel at peace, I've had a, a good day at work. Uh, I've had a good day of writing. Um, I've been kind to people. I'm in a nice relationship, and I talk to old friends. That's that's about as spiritual as I get. And I guess I'm as most spiritual where I live in Provincetown in the summer. Mm-hmm. My bike all the time and I go swimming in the ocean, even though there's sharks there now. Um, I I guess that's when I feel. I, but the word spiritual, it's like whenever people say they've been on a journey, I run. I love it. What were the holidays like when you were a child? I knew you grew up Catholic, right? I grew up in an upper middle class home. Uh, you know, it was very traditional. We had Santa Claus down at the corner, but I always could see that it was a man who lived up the street. So I always say that really. I'm not making fun of this, but the opioid scandal in America is probably due to Santa Claus because it's the first lie parents tell their children, so then they don't believe them later when they say don't take heroin. I read a little bit about the unconditional love that your parents showed you, and I watched Crybaby recently, and I just I really love how that plays out in your work. This unconditional love, how how has that impacted you? We're horrified by what I did. But they were amazed that I got it done and that people came to see it. So they financially backed Pink Flamingos. They never saw it. Mm. Uh, they would have been horrified. No parent would be glad their child made Pink Flamingos. But I paid them back with interest, and I think they were they respected that. They couldn't believe it. And they also, I think, thought, what else am I going to be able to do? You know, they realized early that I wasn't fitting in with any of the other things that I was told the kid was supposed to do. So I think that they were, you go to school to figure out what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Figured it out. They just wouldn't let me. Yeah, and so interesting, though, it seems as though you had such a strong feeling about what you wanted to do because you've got an incredibly strong aesthetic. So they were, they were, they tried to be really understanding, and they were, but they also didn't, I had to work for a living, they didn't, uh, they said no, you know, they let me know, that's why I never went off the deep end, I mm. They did give me boundaries and limits, certainly. Right, and that is so important, and it seems that a lot of parents aren't willing to do that anymore. Well, it's an interesting combination to give the boundaries and also love the kids as they move through that. To be friends with your mother and father. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Now, how do you start your day? I mean, obviously, you're doing lots of writing. You're constantly working on new material. I read six newspapers. I look at my emails, and exactly 8 o'clock, I write. I think up to, that's what I do every morning, 8 to 12. And then the rest of the afternoon, me and my office, we sell it. Now, your parents, I'm thinking, have probably passed away. Is that true? So they both live to be 90. Oh. Very happy 70-year marriage. And I wonder, how, how did you handle the loss of your parents? And how have you incorporated grief into your life here? I have a whole chapter on death at the end and how I beat my own death. Um, so I talk about my parents in there. That's why I don't want people to come see me when I'm dying, because I remember my parents. Like, that's how I want to remember my parents. I want people to remember me when I was doing well. I don't want people to see me the last terrible year. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and I definitely want to close the coffin. Oh, my God, they draw my mustache wrong. <laughs> what are your boundaries in your art? How do you kind of navigate? Um, have there been ideas that you thought, nope, that's too much? Or do you want to really put everything out there that you think about? Yeah, I want to put everything out of there that would make me laugh. Mm. I'm actually, I am politically correct. I think I am politically correct in a weird way. Most people wouldn't agree. But um, I don't think I'm mean-spirited. I make fun of things I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's what comedy is, the edge. When I was young, it was called sick humor. Now it's 
American humor. So I haven't changed. I've been doing this for 50 years. That's what role models, I mean, that's what Mr. Know-it-all is about, kind of passing down my negotiation skills through the years, how I got away with it, how I never had to get a real job, even though my work hours are longer than a real job every day. Right. It's interesting as an artist, it feels as though there's a real blurry line between job and life. It's kind of their one thing. Use the word artist about myself. I believe that's for others to say, because when I ever meet people and they say, oh, I'm an artist, I always silently think, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> so I've, I've read that you say you're against separatism. That's your main message. And at holiday time, how do you create this big sense of community, which is obvious you're incredible at it because people, so many different types of people come and see your work. You know, so many people are celebrating so differently. What's the common thread, the bond? That is that they were angry. They had a sense of humor about themselves. And they wanted to cause a little trouble and make people laugh. That's my audience all over the world. And there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I have this John Mortar summer camp every year, which is four or 500 people. It's sold out, and they come and they, they live as their characters. And they've, bound, you know, they've bounded together all year. They see each other. We, we had a T-shirt that said Jonestown with a happy ending. You know, it, 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 there's just not enough happy curiosity and generosity of spirit that sounds like a perfect way to get people well, there's all kind of cults i mean uh, christianity was a cult that really lasted aa is a cult that works yeah. uh there are and some people are happy being in cults until they realize that they don't have a they don't have a mind left mm -hmm. they wanted to lose their mind a lot of people go to cults because they need to belong to something yes. and unfortunately they often go to the wrong one you're an, obviously a lover of art, and I, I've read that you're an incredible art collector. What's the first thing you see when you walk into your home? Which home? I have three. Yeah? In uh, Baltimore, the first thing you would see when you walk in is a mold painting by Karen uh, Karen uh, Sander. It's K-A-R-I-N. She's a Swiss-German artist, and she never touched the canvas. She just let the mold get all over it, and it looks... <gasps> white and dirty, and I had to have it treated because it was the perfect contemporary art. It could wreck your house, it could kill you, it could disappear, and it was expensive. You see, that would be in my Baltimore apartment, and in my, my New York apartment, the first thing you would see was a giant, very banal photograph of an airport by Fishley Weiss, the two artists. Mm -hmm. That would be the first thing there. And then in San Francisco, my apartment, the first thing you would see was a Richard Artschwager for mica fake mirror sculpture. Huh. Do you change those things often, or do you like... Well, I don't take any in a position. No. The only time is sometimes museums ask to borrow stuff for different shows when I lend them, you know, so sometimes there's blank spaces, which I hate. Oh. I cover everything in black when I leave because the sun is bad for art, so I have to go become a museum creator. Every time I come in, I take all the black cloth, I'll put it back. <laughs> uh, the photos for the show are... Fantastic, and I'm wondering who designed your suits. Well, which one? I mean, mostly I get Kumbagasaw, Yudimiyaki. Those are the two. Oh, and Walter Van Buren Dunk, the Belgian. Those are the three I would say that are the most. And uh, do you collaborate with them on on what you want, or how does that work? They don't give them to me. They send me, you know, the stores send me photographs, you know, of things that that on approval, and then they send me the clothes, and I try one and send them back, if I like them. No, I usually like them, so my, the people in the stores know what I like. Yeah. At the holiday time, you celebrate Christmas, I assume. 
Oh, yeah, you have a giant Christmas party I've had every year for almost 50 years. Which house do you celebrate? Yes, now it's my turn to have the whole Thanksgiving, I mean the whole Christmas dinner at my house for my family. Oh, that's grand. How many people do you usually have? It's not my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not your turn this year? No. Oh, got you. Do you guys have a favorite tradition that you do, or...? No, it's pretty, it's, uh, you know, all my Christmas decorations are sort of a weird version of traditional. I mean, I don't have a Christmas tree. I decorate the electric chair of it if I'm electrocuted and in female trouble. But with all the lights are on it, you can't really tell it's an electric chair. <laughs> no one sits in it, though. No. That's... Yeah, with all the lights and stuff on it, you can't sit in it. Oh, man. And so lately, what... It gives you the most joy. Are there things you, you know, I know your writing must really... My personal life, you know, when I'm off work and with my friends and uh, friends I've had for 50 years, I don't trust anybody that doesn't have old friends because that's, that's even, uh, that's very important. So, um, yeah, just uh, having personal life and old friends and the family just left. So that's, that is a personal life. To me, I always say you can tell how successful your life is if it's half your restaurant receipts are not tax deductible. Hmm. That means you have a real life. Speaking of, what do you love to eat? Oh, I I get everything out of Cooking Light magazine. I'm really mad they went out of business. Now I'll have to be fat. Oh, well, you know, you come to Portland, there's a lot of good restaurants. No, I know. I don't have time to go out and eat on the tour. I get room service. (laughs) Wow. So what inspires you for your next project after the holiday shows and after the book release? Is there something that's, you know, niggling in the back of your brain? Well, now I had a two-book deal with Mr. Know-It-All. It was this and the novel that I'm in the middle of writing right now. Oh, that's exciting. Is it possible for you to share with us? It's called Liar Mouth, and it's about a woman who steals suitcases in airports. Oh, I I always thought about that when I'm at the airport. It's like, wow, nobody really looks at these. Easy. Well, they have cameras, but you can get away because you can just say, oh, I thought it was the wrong one. I mean, used to be, don't you remember, always in every airport they had a tag, and they had somebody check. They don't have that anywhere in the world anymore. Isn't that weird? But they still do the tags. What a waste. Well, the tag is when they lose it so they can track it. Right. How far are you? I'm uh, page 120 in the first draft. And and you uh, do you write every day longhand, computer? Longhand with big pens, yellow legal pads, the exact kind I need to have, and scotch tape, clear scotch tape that I cut and move things around with. Do you have, like, a beef with anyone? Is there anyone that you're, you know... If there is, I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, that's sad. That makes I sense. would say this. I, I wouldn't tell you because it's not important to me, really. Um, I think I have almost no enemies after 50 years. I said almost. I'm so inspired by your way of being in the world is very kind. How do you pave the way for that when you meet people, obviously? How do you handle meeting so many people? Well, I don't never remember names. I'm the very worst person on names ever. Even if you're coming towards me, and I know you really well, I can't think of a name. Mm. Um... Well, people that I work with are important to me. People that I spend time with, I'm never around assholes. I'm very, I've, I've made it so I'm never, ever around assholes. That took me 50 years how to figure that out. How do you know an asshole? Um, well, you can tell always. And you put yourself in a situation where you will meet them. Mm. You have to really be careful to live an asshole-free life. <laughs> I think that's uh, words to live by, and I know that it is our time is up, and I want to be respectful of your time, and uh, just have a marvelous, marvelous day. And yeah, I'm looking forward to coming to Portland. Yeah, we're so happy, happy to have you. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, just a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you.
I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?